Welcome back to another Commodity Conversations. This is a fantastic episode this week, and it's our first episode that we've conducted overseas. Uh, My colleague Robert has been in Kenya for the last couple of weeks, and he's managed to meet up with a farmer who is Australian, who has breached the Kenyan marketplace and is currently farming crops in Kenya. Africa is a is a pretty amazing continent, and I think it's it's one of these uh, often forgot about in agricultural circles. But they have the potential if they get their act together to to either be a, a customer of ours or a competitor of ours, or even both when it comes to agricultural produce. And I, and I saw a fantastic stat the other day, which was uh, that by the end of the century, a quarter of all children born will be born in Africa. That's kind of uh, mind-blowing, really. And they've got the lowest average age in the world. Robert has been out there in in Kenya, and he's been talking to a farmer called Stuart Barden, uh, who's been extremely successful out there, and has also, as well as uh, trying to farm commercially, he's also spent a lot of time working with local farmers trying to uh, expand their knowledge. I'm going to pass you off in a second to Robert, who has recorded this interview when he was over there. And it's a really interesting chat about uh, what happens in Kenya and what it's like to be a farmer over there. Before I pass you off, I just want to say a thank you to our sponsors for this podcast, uh, Western Union. Uh, Western Union have uh, been gracious in sponsoring uh, this this recording. But we just want to say that Western Union offer a, a very good service for, for transferring money back and forth. And they offer efficiency and they offer uh, speed. So you know that if you need to transfer money to another country around the world, if you're buying equipment or if you have uh, sold something to somebody overseas and you want that money back and you want to transfer it into Aussie dollars, uh, they can do that for you efficiently and fast. And I think nowadays you want to make sure you get the money in your bank as quick as possible. I'm going to pass you off to Robert now and uh, his conversation with uh, Stuart Barden. So we're just here in um, Ozquest Farms, on Ozquest Farms with Stuart Barden, uh, that's in Kenya. And Stuart's just going to tell us a little bit about um, his background and how he came to be here. So Stuart, welcome. Welcome to the uh, Mercado podcast. And um, let's see how we go with a bit of a chat. No worries. Thanks, Robert. Um, Yeah, well, uh, I grew up in Gilgandra um, on a family farm and uh, had started out as a wool classer stroke. I had a crutching business, uh, went share farming. Um, yeah, then eventually uh, we bought some land, leased some land, still, and uh, then in uh, 2009 I received a Nuffield scholarship, which, so I travelled uh, studying my topic, which was grain growing in ra- low rainfall environments. Came through Kenya and I saw all this black, black dirt that everybody was uh, talking about um, very disparagingly. Yeah. And uh, then... Um, uh, and so I, I always tell the story. I went home and said to my wife, uh, I think we should move to Kenya. And six months later, she stopped crying and we moved to. That's not entirely true, but that's basically the, uh, uh, the gist of it. Yeah, never let the truth get in the way of a good no, story. True. Um, I didn't, uh, that, that was, so I always think about surprises you get. One of the surprises I got was your background is in sheep and I can understand why you mm. got, why you went cropping down yeah. no, <laughs> and crutching. Especially I was dealing with the wrong end of the sheep. <laughs> so, um, so that sounds like a pretty basic plan, but, and you had some ideas about what you would do, but what happened when you, when you actually came here and, and purchased the land? Mm. Well, um, when we first came here, um, we, we started with Savannah. Uh, we're very fortunate. Uh, so just explain what Savannah looks oh, like. Sorry. So 
basically uh, uh, virgin um, virgin uh, bush and uh, so we had to clear that there's 1101 hectares uh, of arable land and we cleared that with we had 220 people do that by hand it took us about seven months um, and what sort of machines were they using oh using um, uh, Jembe's, which is uh, Matic. It's like a Matic. Matic. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, but anyway, so we cleared the land and that was a bit like herding cats, um, but uh, we, met, we got it done. And then um, our aim was... Well, our aim still is, and it's what we've done, is that we, we basically do a lot of trials so that... Uh, and we're a commercial farm because I'm a big believer if you can't do it commercially, you probably shouldn't be doing it. Uh, and you certainly shouldn't be trying to get others to do it. So um, when people come to our farm and they see we're, you know, we op we're an operational farm and, um, uh, and we have to be because we've got to make some money. We've got school fees like other people and yep. various other things. So, um, yeah, so that's... So when, when you started and you talked about those beautiful black soils and, uh, um, and the dryness, I mean, they were things that were given and you obviously had an idea or a plan about how you would go about it. Is that how it worked out? Um, well, there's lots of things. That it's it's like any adventure like this. You, it's a good thing you don't know everything that's coming toward you. Right. Otherwise, you'd never start. Um, there's lots of uh, challenges um, of all different types here in Kenya. Obviously, moving countries and in going into business and developing virgin land uh, and building infrastructure from scratch, like there wasn't a road or anything. Uh, anywhere so it, all that has its challenges but uh, things have probably the only difference with our with the trials and we don't we don't I wouldn't we, we don't do research we do we trial because I'm not a researcher although we do have research going on in collabor collaboration with others so um, uh, yeah but one of the things I thought would happen was that I thought that we'd start that we we're going to run a, um, a systems trial within a small area and um, what I found was that uh, the best way to do the trials was uh, commercially within our within our system if you know what I mean yeah for a yeah. few reasons one's just practical reasons is there's only 24 hours in the day and yeah, yep. yeah. There's a lot to do, especially we've had uh, somewhere between six and seven thousand visitors in the seven years. So we have a lot of visitors, and we try to sh because we're trying to share um, what we yeah what we're finding or you know, yeah, and we always always trying to do best practice. But we're I'm not saying we always hit it, obviously. So uh, I've got a couple of questions. First of all, don't worry too much about the noise going around. There's you know phones and everything. We're in a we're in a working office here, so so that's all right. I've got a couple of things. I'll come back to this sharing uh, knowledge and information again, but just for, for people, like most of the people who can listen to this podcast are in Australia um, and they think of Kenya as being a, a third world country and, you know, a developing world country. But just tell us about the machinery, and a lot of it came from Australia, the machinery you're using. So tractor, tractor size, spray rig, uh, harvesters, that sort of thing, just to give people an idea of what you're doing here. Yeah, well, we're... We're growing 1,101 hectares uh, annually. Uh, just once a year, we're in a 500 mil rainfall area, um, uh, which sound, which would be a lot if you're in a Mediterranean environment. And but it's because our temperatures are fairly constant. We're minus one off the equator, so we're actually just in the southern hemisphere. Um, 
the machinery, we're running a, a, a controlled traffic system, nine metre planter, harvester, 27 metre sprayer. Um, we've got a lot of old school, like our tractors are 20 years old, but um, the reason is simply so that, uh, number one, so you can have a couple of them for redundancy because there's zero support for, for a lot of uh, machinery. There is a bit of support for John Deere now, but um, it's, it's very limited. So you really have to think about redundancy um, with our equipment. That's why we do run a bit of older stuff so that we can have multiples of them. Yep. You can't help but notice when you come here, you're also very well set up with the workshop and the, you know, you've obviously got a bit of a passion for, for having machinery and that's in good order and tools and everything like that, but uh, that explains it a bit, I suppose. Mm. I just wanted to ask then about, or go on to then, you said about sharing your information. Now, we've met some of your guys here. We met Robert and David and um, who else we meet here? The, uh, Samson. The Sam Bernard. I haven't met Samson yet, but uh, Bernard. These guys are doing amazing work, aren't they? I mean, they last the other night we were looking they had the cedar going. The Manitou was filling the cedar with the with the hopper. Um, how have you come across those sort of people, and how have they fitted in into your program? Mm. Well, um, when when we first came, there was not the thinking of even like we when we're planting, we plant twenty four hours like everybody else would in Australia. Most people. Um, because it's the most efficient way to do it, particularly um, uh, you couldn't really leave your tractors out in the field here because you're going to you know, probably come back and find um, the battery's gone or something unless we put a guard on it. So um, it's just a lot more efficient. But yeah. the, the guys, they've uh, really adapted well and Kenyans are very entrepreneurial, like incredibly entrepreneurial. Um, and, uh, and they're keen to learn. Uh, it, has, it did take a bit at the start to get them over the hump of, you know, you can operate at night. Yeah. Um, but yeah. now they're there and they're, yeah, there's no worries at all. And these, these young, they're young, young fellas, or they look young to me anyway. Yeah. Most, most, <laughs> people, most people do look young to us now. Yeah, yeah. Um, but um, they've actually got their own farms as well, haven't they? Mm, yeah, well, the funny thing is, I mean, we have visitors, like I said, lots of lots and lots of visitors all the time sometimes it's pretty wearing um yeah sometimes you get a bit worn out over it but yeah. that's why we're here um to share information and um one of the things that i'm always looking for champions uh, that's what i've been looking for and the reality of most things is that um the 20 percent is where that or, or the guys you know you got some innovators and you want to put your effort into them because everybody else will probably just waste your time. Unfortunately, I don't know who's wasting the time and who's not. Uh, but one of the fascinating things is that it turns out that the guys that have worked with us in our business, um, they turned out to be the champions I was looking for all the time. And so they've become, uh, we've got a village beside us, uh, Chumbi, which has got um, 4,000 people live in it. It's an area of probably three or 4,000 acres, I guess. Um, and that's where my guys live, and that's where they come from, uh, most of them. And so, as a, uh, in actual fact, our guy that runs our admin uh, is out of, he's the biggest farmer in that village. That's David. David. Yeah. Was he always the biggest farmer? No. David, no. Blimey, he used to run a photo shop, but um, uh, previous to working with us, and but he's just... He does things properly and... Um, so he picked up the practices you were using here mm. to do his cropping. Yeah. But he doesn't have a... 
he doesn't have a big seeder or a, or a big spray rig or anything, does he? And he's operated on how many... When you say he's the biggest farmer, how many well, hectares? Well, last year he, he planted 5.3 hectares and uh, he grossed over 9,000 US dollars off that 5.3 hectares, which is just... I mean, blimey, I'd, I'd be happy with that. Yeah. Um, and Aussie farmers would be happy in yeah. Aussie dollars, let alone US dollars. So, uh, And all of that was done by hand. Combined, Robert, David and... Um, Samson, uh, who are my th- three key long-term guys, last year they grew just about 12 point something hectares and that was all sprayed by hand. Yeah. It was all planted by hand. Uh, it was all harvested by hand. But they but they used your system, didn't they? Oh, yeah. And what well, isn't, I mean... Oh, the like, system yeah. that you're applying here. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, there's no... Like I tell a lot of people when they visit, there's nothing special about uh, about myself there's nothing special at all there's 10,000 of me in Australia the only difference is I guess we're here but um but the practices we're using are practices that yeah like Mm. I say there's tens of thousands of Aussie farmers uh doing just as the same as we do here so he's just applied those principles and at the end of the day when we run a small holder field day or something and we use we're using RTK, you know, guidance, you know, two centimeter two centimeter accurate guidance and all the rest. But one thing we make a real point of in if we're doing small plot trials, we plant it using um, just string lines and we plant it with sticks. And I do that on purpose so that when we run a field day and people come in and they have a look at you know crops, chickpeas, whatever that look incredible, I can pull out a with hand on heart, I can pull out a stick and say, well, this is how we plant it. Yes. This. There's yeah. nothing special about... It's about the principles, um, you know, the zero-till principles. It's about, you know, plant, just basics, you know. There's nothing special. And that's what these guys, uh, particularly, uh, you know, David Samson, Samson and uh, Robert's coming along, those guys are really getting it, that you do things right, you get a great result. How, how would their result compare to the, what the average practice is in the village? So the average practice might be they disc up the land cool yeah. weeds or yeah. um, and how, how would their their program be comparing to the average mm. the other guys anyone else over there are pure subsistence uh, minimal input and very minimal output they'll be growing maize crops that are probably averaging half a ton of the hectare so at a price at the moment here it's about 200 say 20 220 dollars us a ton so those guys are earning virtually you know pit, a pittance yeah. Um, we're not even earning anything. Their inputs are higher, yeah. but they just keep struggling along. And um, but the great thing is that uh, we've now got this little these little fires. We've got this year there'll be more because of the our other two employees. We've got five, so all our five guys that work with us, they've all farming in the village. Mm. And what I try to sell those guys is I tell them all the time, and they they're already there. But they, those guys will be the biggest farmers. Those guys will run that village. And the great thing is it'll happen just like it happened in Australia where, you know, um, the uh, square cloud principle uh, that people talk about where mm. one of the neighbours is doing really well and the other guy, gee, just never gets yeah. the rain. Well, that same principle, uh, instead of them saying, you know, it works for you over the fence on a commercial scale, they, they can see it working. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, Look, this this has been a fantastic chat. Uh, um, you mentioned that uh, there's thousands of you back in. You know, you're not special. I I think 
in terms of your, probably your cropping program, there are a lot of people doing what you're doing, but there's no one that we've met who's doing what you're doing here in the village. We've seen we've seen how Robert and and David react to you um, and respond to you, and so I think that's that's a real credit to what you're doing. I think uh, if with the um, Farmers Without Borders program, if we can actually work with you and be guided by you as to what we do and help those villages improve their their uh, productivity and their cropping practices, then everyone's going to get a lot more bang for their buck. And I like the idea where you talk about things have got to be commercial, they've mm. got to work. Um, you've got Peter Walker over here. He uh, yeah. Pete came from uh, Pete comes from Learmonth, where it uh, rains every second day. <laughs> Not quite. And a big dew the a dew the other one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. What, what they say rains rains one day and drips off the trees the yeah. next. Um, but uh, so Pete's over here working with you to help build those things. Um, you know, has he been doing anything? Is he any good? Yeah, no, no. It's been the um, farmers without borders. This is the first time we've been involved, and uh, yeah, Peter's come over to help help us basically get uh, one of the big costs for um, for the small guys is uh, planting and also to get the accuracy. They, um, at the moment, it's costing them sort of close on probably in Aussie dollar terms, 125 Aussie dollars a hectare to do the planting. And that, that's because it's so much, so many labour units yeah. and... Uh, yeah. yeah, even though the labour is around uh, five euros, sorry, $6.50 Aussie per day, per person, uh, it's still hand planting. It's hand planting yeah. on, on a fifth, on a 375 mil row. Yeah. Um, and it takes some doing. So Peter's come over and one of the things I've been really wanting to get going is to get a planter that can cut that cost down, increase the um, increase the accuracy and predictability. And uh, so it's, yeah, actually we're picking the machine up on Monday um, and it'll be very exciting to see how it goes. Well, we, we were fortunate enough to be here on Friday with you and you had you got David in the office and you got the whiteboard out and, and I can see your, your hands some welded to one of those whiteboard markers. You like doing things. <laughs> but it was about doing the sums, wasn't it? The mm. sums just stack up that yeah. this, is a, this is something that will make a difference. Sure. I mean, they, this will make the difference between spending you know, $125 a hectare uh, on labour to cutting that to somewhere near $20 yeah. a hectare. Amazing, isn't it? It's a big thing. And, and, and the predictability too, the, uh, just being able to predictably plant uh, virtually, it's a single-time planter, but um, it's amazing what that one thing. And so, and, and since um, since Peter's here, but come, we've now seen another huge opportunity, which is in the harvesting, in the threshing side particularly. That's where it costs them a fortune, like a serious fortune. So, how how would they thresh the grain? Now? How would they harvest and thresh it now? Well, last year when um, those guys were doing, they had Kabylie chickpeas in. And so they went along and they'd, ha they'd actually harvest them with literally uh, secateurs. Cutting each head with the secateur. each plant. Each plant. And then they'd put it into a windrow and then we'd let them dry. And then they'd come and collect those windrow, like leave them there for three or four days. Um, and then we'd come and collect them and then thresh them literally with a beating stick and a uh, uh, yeah, beating stick and winnowing during, with the wind. And that's a hugely expensive per hectare operation. There's also some risk involved. I mean, you, you, you risk of theft. Yeah, no, um, David had that last year where he had it windrowed and he had the best crop I've ever seen in my life anywhere in the world right. in this one hectare. 
and uh, someone came in overnight and stole two of his windrows. So <laughs> they were they were they, I guess yeah. they stole them, put them into bags, and took them away. Yeah. So so going back to that um, uh, harvester, if we can, um, if we can, do, if you can develop something, it means that the whole process can be condensed um, under under sort of a bit of a management system mm. and, and and improved. And we're not talking about a. Um, you know, we're not talking about a John Deere header here. We're no. talking about something fit for purpose, aren't we? Yeah, and once again, the numbers have to add up. Yeah. So, um, in actual fact, there's some, like I always say to smallholders, if they come to to this, our farm, like Ausquest Farm, and they see our commercial operation, we have some advantages through scale and a few other things, but then they have some serious advantages. So what we want to do is maximise the things that they do well and cheap, and then introduce mechanisation to do the things that cost a lot, which is the threshing side is where the problem is, the threshing and cleaning. Um, the actual, uh, them being able to harvest chickpeas, even if they're short, they can virtually get zero loss. Whereas I, we can never get, yeah. we can never get that good. But so what, and, and it's not that expensive to be honest, to believe it or not with secretaires to actually harvest sure. and put it. But it's actually the next process that um, takes all the effort um, and exposes them to, like you say, uh, it just the whole thing's not predictable. No, yeah. no. It's uh, yeah, look, it's it's fascinating. I think the opportunities are there, um, uh, Stuart. That one of the things that's come through to me though is that uh, it's really important that anybody who wants to come in and assist us, especially, needs to actually get, you know, needs to talk and listen and hear from you on the ground and also, you know, David and Robert and, and Samson, you know, what, what they want. Um, we've, we're just going to wind this up, but um, we've had Pete Walker sitting here quietly not saying a word. Um, you, when you came across here um, and you, you, I think you'd spoken to Stuart on the phone. That's about That's all, about yes. Yep. Um, he sounded reasonable. I spoke to him on the phone. Yeah. He sounded he sounded reasonable. He didn't sound dodgy at all. But uh, so, was... how have you? What have you? Because you, as I said, you've come from Learmont. Um, I was coming from a livestock background. Livestock background. I didn't oh, I had the principles of sort of uh, direct drilling and uh, and putting in pastures and uh, and fodder crops and uh, and mostly uh, stock feed type crops. So I wasn't quite sure what I'd expect and what I'd find here. I knew that the crops would be entirely different to anything I'd. Uh, probably grown at home but the experience has been brilliant and uh, and being given the opportunity to work with Stuart and to meet his staff and to meet the, the local farmers that they are is uh, is, is just an eye-opener it's been uh, interesting to learn as you go along and to see that they're 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 willing to listen and they're also we're also have got to hear what they've got to have because they as you say they've got to have that business uh, purpose to their cropping aspect so they've um, they've listened and they're they're applying the principles and and obviously it shows their capacity to do so it's a funny thing I, I'm actually picking up here Stuart that um, if we're going to, if, if the ACIR projects are to help people um, in, in developing countries mm. if we can then find people like David and Robert who have actually experienced that mm. I mean they could be really valuable assets in a whole lot of different ways mm, no for sure like I said the champions you need champions in anything if yeah. you want to make change and these guys are like they're great advocates in fact when they're they tell me all the time at their fields um like uh there'll just be mini field days all the time whenever yeah. they're there people yeah. come over and they want to know what they're doing why they're doing it and which is really exciting like i say i didn't 
I didn't realise that the champions were going to be in that, within our within our own team. Um, in that they'd be farming in their own right, but um, they do that on the side, and they do um, you know obviously you know, yeah we work together, and we've actually, we've even got a WhatsApp group, which is uh, all of, uh, like those five guys and myself and Annie, my wife. Where we, where if those guys see something during the growing season, one of them will send a picture of a grub or something on a crop, and it's amazing how quickly that we all, yeah, you know, we have everybody. It's just building the yep. understanding, and you can see that happening. Uh, you know, I can now see that that's going to happen. Hopefully, uh, that'll be a spark, and that'll catch on, and then, and like you say, the the Davids and Sampsons of the world will end up being, you know, people will look back on them in twenty years yeah. and consider them to be. Zero till pioneers, and the guys that you know, they've, and they've you know, one of the things uh, is I expect or my hope is uh, that one day that these guys will be so successful that they'll want to go on their own. Um, not that that thrill, thrills me because <laughs> I, they're very good at their jobs here and I want them to stay, but uh, really, if you're picking the right people, they sh- yeah, that's it, that's it. Well, I think we'll, uh, I think we've actually, yep. we'll start round that up, but I think we've actually hit on the uh, title for this uh, podcast. It'll be Farming Champions. Mm. Yep. <laughs> um, I think, Pete, I think you're a champion for, for getting out of Learmont, oh, although, although you, the cows are carving, so uh, maybe <laughs> you were dodging something there. <laughs> it might have been too, but it's yeah. been a great experience and an opportunity, um, and uh, hopefully I can, uh, yeah, then leave some of my wisdom behind. Mm. Yeah, I'm sure course. you will. I think we've met champions in um, in David and Robert and and uh, the guys you've got mm. and and they're developing champions, and I think you're a champion, Stuart. So uh, yeah. thanks for your time. It's uh, it's yeah. been a privilege to meet you and uh, and hopefully we can help well into the future. No worries. Just an Aussie farmer having a go. Just an Aussie farmer, aren't they? They're bloody good, aren't they? The Aussie farmers. <laughs> never never talk it up. Always yeah. talk it down. Good on you. Thank you.